This episode is powered by Safety FM. Welcome to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I am your host, Sheldon Primus. This is the show where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant. So welcome. What I've got this week is something a little bit different. I'm going to warn you already. This episode will contain swear words. <laughs> so I'm just, just letting you know. From time to time, I do release the monster within. So maybe uh, Jim Pozel, who keeps saying I'm the, the most relaxed man ever, and I, uh, I tell him, you know, volume runs through my blood, just, you know, jokingly. But uh, truly, I get triggered on some stuff, and this is one of the things that I do get triggered on, and that is our response to the SARS coronavirus 2 and now the COVID-19 vaccines. So as the safety community is, we're just kind of topsy-turvy with this. It's become political. You just, you know, you don't want to mention the words vaccine or COVID or anything like that, just like you wouldn't say politics or religion or something. It's become that. And then to boot, you can't have a, a conversation uh, one way to the next without people getting so butthurt that, uh, you know, you're losing friendships for it. Uh, both sides are guilty. I had my own bouts. <laughs> so I'm not throwing any stones in any way. But uh, we, and when I say we, it's me and my special guest today. None other than Jay Allen of Safety FM. Dr. Jay Allen and I, we go back now a few years. And uh, we, we seem to talk frankly with each other. <laughs> and this is one of those frank conversations that we have regarding the response that we've been having as a safety community and how disjointed it has been. And we haven't been the leaders we should be regarding this really, 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 really important situation. So it is such like a topic that... Not everybody wants to talk about, so we decided we'll take it on. And, you know, when me and Jay get together, as you can hear in many of our past episodes, we get kind of irreverent, irreverent. Yeah, that's probably the best way to say it. But there is some good underneath everything, right? So we also talk about virtual events during this time. What do you think it looks like? What should it look like? And um, what's the fair thing to do? And even some entities who are trying to make virtual events where even you yourself are like avatars or sims instead of truly embracing the virtual nature and expanding the things you can do because you're virtual. So that's uh, one of the things that we're really we're going over or some of the things we're going over. But he even laid down the gauntlet and told me, hey, if you want change so much, why don't you facilitate it? And then later on, before the interview ends, he asked me about my big announcement that I wanted to do. And the big announcement broke my brain for a second, and I did not want to admit it. But since you're listening to this episode right now, you already know a little bit of what that big announcement was. I am moving to dystopia.com. I was actually thinking there is four or actually two students that I asked them some questions this week well, when I finished up my class on Monday and getting their perspective on safety right now. And I was like, hmm, I got student perspective. I wonder if I could get one from J2 as industry you know, pro. And also not only are you industry pro, but you have the unique ability of seeing so many different uh, people and then having to deal with them. You might have a good understanding of of some of these things as well. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if I have a good understanding of it. I can tell you what I, what I see across the board. Uh, it's it's interesting that we're still stuck two years ago. Uh, I guess that's really what I, I see a lot of as of late. And let me, what do I mean by that? 
Well, we all yeah. had like this this whole thing that we we had planned out on how the world was going to continue turning and all that, and then there was this little thing that occurred that was known as the pandemic, and people yeah. did not know how to alter what they were doing from normal work to digital. And when the digital portion kicked in, it's almost like all safety programs, for the most part, on what I'm seeing across the board, uh, went out the window. And we forgot how to do safety. It became now all of a sudden only about PPE. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying PPE is not part of safety, but all of a sudden it was the cleaners we could use. It is the whole aspect of what mask you have. Uh, if it's a cloth mask, if it's a, if it's a gator, you know, all this kind of fun stuff where it changes on what are the fundamental bases of what you were doing before. And I think that it just threw everything for a loop. Till this day, I still talk to people that are to asking me the question of, do I have the right mask inside of my organization? And I'm just like, Two years wow. in, you should probably have a good idea of, of what mask you have. Uh, the other portion is you can potty train a kid normally in about two years. I'm just saying you probably should be about nine months, but that's a whole other story. But that's, that's something that kind of drives me crazy. And then I still take a look around about this whole thing where people are still talking about drive to zero. And for some reason, that bothers me still because I just don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, I understand of yes. If you called it drive to 10, we only want to kill 10 people this year. Yes, that's going to be an issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But probably, probably not as good as a slogan. But what do you do when it fails? What do you do when you have your first incident? And people are, mm-hmm. are, are now coming back of, oh, let's start talking about drive to zero. It's yeah. not drive to zero. It's drive to not let's report anything. That's what it's going yeah, to absolutely. turn. That's what it turns into. And a lot of people keep on going back and forth of, well, what do we need to do now because we're, we're in the pandemic? I'm going to tell you, uh, we talk to epidemiologists all the time and they're still saying it's probably going to be another year to year and a half before we start kind of seeing some of the things normalized. And I look at a, a lot of things and I mean, we can go controversial subject because it's, yeah. it's easy to do about the vaccine. It's like, should we be talking about booster shots when there's portions of the world that haven't even received the first round? It's, yeah. it's an interesting time. It is. And actually, uh, that was one of the things that came out of the questions I asked the students. One of the first thing was, um, I asked, well, not one of the first things, but one of the topics was, what is your number one struggle? And that number one struggle had to do with COVID compliance. And it was on OSHA side and then on the local government side. And then when you're on Cal, two of these students were from Cal OSHA and they're uh, like really tough. So it seems to me, that the business right now, we're, we're in some sort of tailspin, if you will. <laughs> and it is almost like pinpointed to our reaction to COVID-19 and then the reaction to officials that are supposed to give us rules and laws on this. That is, is really what I'm seeing and what these students were saying has, has just challenged you know, the, the safety community. Why? But, I mean, well, do you want to do you want to chuckle? Because we can chuckle about something together. And I'm not trying to come to your show and start controversial subjects, but I just think the thing about it. people. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: people sit around and go, "We know, we know that federal law overrides state law." That's kind of something that you normally hear. Mm-hmm. But let's go into the Tenth Amendment. <laughs> uh, the powers not de- not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor per prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or the people or the people. So the state, because let's just kind of go back for a second. How can cow OSHA have a stricter thing than federal OSHA because of the state? And there's still a lot of confusion about that. And listen, we, you and I currently live in a state that's pretty interesting on how it's kind of, it's a free for all. And, that's good for some, bad for another, depending on what side of the aisle you want to stand on. But it's an interesting thing on how it varies so much state to state on what exactly is going on. And people yeah. go, well, this whole COVID thing is, is really more of a federal subject. It, it's a controversial subject. I will tell you, um, I get, have the opportunity of hanging out with other people where we're able to talk about things, but we do not talk about pandemic and yes. we do not talk about COVID in presentations. And the reason behind it 
is because it's it's, right. Well, it stirs up a lot of emotions, number one. And if you want to lose whatever your main theme is, talk about one of those (laughs) two subjects and it'll change everything. (laughs) I mean, I'll tell you right now, there's probably people going, what the hell is these people talking about? And taking a look at your phone or whatever device, because this is one of those subjects where if I tell you, okay, um, I took the horse medicine. (gasps) What did this guy just say? I'm not saying that that's what I actually did, but if I say, hey, I took the shot, now I'm looking at, people are looking at me in a different light. If I say, hey, I didn't take the shot, now I'm being looked at in a different light. It's it's just amazing to me on how the whole thing works. Yeah. And for for us and you know, me and the, the lot of the people who are listening to the podcast are either working their way into becoming uh, safety consultants or they're trying to you know, just do the best we can in answering these questions when, you know, one state says, uh, the governor says, all right, we're going to do a mass mandate. And then underneath them in the local communities, and you're going into the stores or you're trying to uh, do a walkthrough at a facility and do your mock OSHA audit and you have your protection and no one else does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what is going on? Why are we not getting this thing together? So what well, do you do? Well, I mean, here's here's the thing. The only thing that you can do is go based on what works best for you and what you have going on. And I and I say this all the time to the people that, that want to listen to my to my jibber jabber because you have to do what is correct for you. So if you think that the right thing to do is to go get the shot, go get the shot. If you think the right thing to do is wear a mask all the time, regardless of you having a shot, do that. You can only go by setting the example. Hey, some people are going to think that you might be off your rocker, but you need to do what you think is going to be best inside of what you want going on and inside of your organization. If you want people to follow along and doing exactly what you're doing, if you say, hey, go get the shot and don't and don't wear a mask, well, that's what you, that's your prerogative. But if, the, if you want people to wear a mask, you're going to have to wear one too. So that's just kind of the way that it works out. And we can argue about masks and shots all day long. It's all about perspective. Now, I will tell you that a lot of the issues that I still see that are going on out there is that I don't think my job should force me to actually get a vaccine. That's my next question. Well, not not question, but just the thought, because with the vaccine mandates, especially coming from OSHA, um, and OSHA only covers, you know, four entities, but uh, it's enough of the workforce that if the job now, um, and if they're being encouraged to, to say either you're getting a vaccine or you're going to be tested weekly. Uh, so now you've got those choices. So the, uh, in OSHA compliance world, we're end up going to end up having to, to mandate those things. And mm-hmm. now we're going to step over HR. We're going to step into legal and all that. So right. it is a confusion. But, but here's the thing. If you opt not to get the shot, number one, you're going to have to describe that to, to, your, to your employer. This is really what it boils down to because you're not providing a card. That's number one. And then number two, then all of a sudden if they say you have to take weekly testing or however frequency testing, that's something else that you're going to have to do by turning that in until you decide to do X. Is that the correct thing? I don't know. That's the determination that you're going to have to make as an organization and as a person on what you want to do. Because I'll tell you, I was reading a news article a few days ago where a gentleman was going to school virtually. He decided to go to school virtually. Everything was fantastic. Now, part of the requirement from the school was for everybody that attends the school, virtual or non-virtual, they have to be vaccinated. Now, this is college. We're not talking about elementary school or high school or junior high. The gentleman opted not to get vaccinated. He got unenrolled from school because he was not vaccinated for going virtually, which I don't understand. I mean, if you're never making an appearance on the campus, it's kind of a, it's a difficult thing because you're not there. And listen, I'm not pro-vaccine. I'm not anti-vaccine. I, I, I will continue to say till I'm blue in the face that it's a per, I think it should be a personal choice yeah. on what you want to do. But to be unenrolled from school from attending virtually, I don't get it. Yeah, and I don't either. And I'm 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 actually on the more controversial side. So uh, for those of you that do not know, I I've always been outspoken a little bit. I should say I shouldn't say always, but and I'm more outspoken about me personally what I think. But in this area, I have a strong feeling because I do believe that it's a social uh, justice, if you will, and even a social injustice. If you don't get your mask, <laughs> you know, uh, so I am really, really 
trying to figure that out personally because I don't want someone to to go ahead and, and tell me what to do, right? <laughs> like we're all geared against doing that. But if the epidemiologists are right, and then we are truly going to pass on, you know, asymptomatically a disease that could end up branching off and branching off, and we don't know it, then the controls itself is not just for you, it's for everyone else, and that control could be in the form of a vaccine. But that's, that's my other thought. I'm still wrestling with that one. Well, I mean, I don't think that it's, that it's hurtful that if you're vaccinated and you want to wear a mask around other people, I think it's fine if it's going to make other people feel comfortable. Is it justifiable to do? No, we can have a whole other discussion about that. But if I'm running to the grocery store, using this as an example, and I'm going to be in there 20, 30 minutes, it is not going to hurt me to wear a mask. That is um, my opinion. Now, of course, you are entitled to your own opinion, and the people listening to what we have going on are entitled to theirs. And I think that that's the great thing about it. Now, the other portion that we can talk about as well is people that are saying, well, you need to be vaccinated. Well, I think for certain scenarios you do, because let's think about it, where for children that go to school, part of them to be able to attend school is they have to be vaccinated. So there is certain things and there's certain, there are certain studies that have been proved. So that's, yeah. that's fine. So I think that those things kind of play a factor to what's going on. And if you don't want your child to be vaccinated, don't send them to school. If that's part of the requirement inside of the district that, you, that you're going to. Send them to public school. Do virtual school. There's other options that are available. And yes, I know that there's people that are out there that are working and go, well, I can't do that because I have to go to work. So that's where you have to make accommodations. I've heard of people doing like small hubs where it's like one parent will have them, not meeting the individual parent, but like a group yeah. of friends might carry them and then kind of go from, from space to space. But there's so many different things that you can do. But this is where a controversial subject will continue to go on until something is done. And the, the funny part is that if we start going into the politics inside of the whole thing of, well, this is, you know, really heavily Democrat or whatever, you have to go in to go back to when Donald Trump was actually back in office. And I'm really not trying to throw your, your conversation off. I'm just trying yeah. to, to put no, it out there. But it's, but it was warp speed, Operation Warp Speed. And it was something that he had announced when he was the president. And nothing wrong against it. I'm just saying that it was something that was done. And he encouraged people at the time to actually get the vaccine at the same time. And then he ended up getting it. So, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong, but it becomes like, for some reason, this has become politicized on how some of this stuff works. And it's, and it's very weird to me still on how people go, well, if you're Democratic, you should take the vaccine. If you are a Republican, you should then not take it. And I'm just like, how did the hell did this end up going like this? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a long, long uh, story of how that <laughs> ended up like that. And you know me, I'm, I'm triggered by that, uh, truly in some cases, but. I honestly believe that it is national, uh, or to say natural consequences for both choices. So if you choose not to get the vaccine, then the natural consequences, you're going to submit to testing weekly. Uh, and in that case, I believe that it is still up to the employer. And OSHA's always maintained that the employer has the responsibility for the employee's health. And if this is now a disease, that according to what the epidemiologists are telling us is airborne and if the controls are going to be a hey, you need to do this follow the controls and then the natural consequence will lead both ways so let's say the vaccine now you get vaccinated you get sick oh because that be a osha recordable no osha took care of that they they made that an exemption uh, so i'm still trying to figure out when the vaccine rulings start really coming down with the new um emergency temporary standard that's probably going to be out within a week or two. Uh, the time of this recording is going to be October 14th for those of you listening. So within a week or two, and that's year 2021. <laughs> because this Yeah, just in case, because you never know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, right? Uh, so it, that temporary standard is coming in. OSHA's, they're already pushing this one through. So a lot of the safety people are going to be forced with trying to deal with this on a level that we may not truly understand. And I kind of like the way you said, um, uh, you know, almost like going back to basics. Uh, mm -hmm. what, what are we looking to control? How are we looking to protect right. our people? 
Well, I mean, that's the other portion that you're bringing up, and I just kind of want to backtrack on something that you were just saying right there. We're only as good as the data that's being provided. And the way that modeling works, is, and I'm not talking about like fashion modeling, so let me make sure that I'm clear. But <laughs> the way that modeling works is that you build models based on the data that you have. And then based on how good the information is, you have to change portions of it. So when a lot of this stuff was brought up originally about two, to, two years ago, it was, this is what we need to do. But that was based on the data that we had at the time. So those yeah. things are ever changing. If they don't change, then we become stagnant. And I mean, what was I looking at? I think today I was reading a, an article where there's already been 770,000 deaths attributed to COVID, which is a, a terrible story. I mean, think about the impact that one person has. So imagine 770,000. Yeah. We're, now we're wiping out towns, maybe even a small city, if you really give it some thought there. But here's the thing. When it's all said and done, you have to look at it where the data will always be changing. So this recording today could be one thing, but in two weeks, it could be the data could be entirely different where, oh no, stop taking the vaccine. Or it could be everybody needs to run out there right now and get it. But when it's all said and done, safety on the side that we're talking about is where the organization has to adapt on whatever the, stat, the standard and the data is. So it's yeah. kind of to say what the future is. I would love to be able to have a crystal ball and say, okay, this is what um, the future needs to look like. And then we're going back to basics and that's going to help everything. I don't know. That's the uncertainty that's out there right now is the thing that amazes me the most. Do we yeah. go back to where we were end of, 20, end of 2019 and forget getting into 2020 and the things that have happened there and just pretend like nothing happened? I don't know. I don't really know. Well, I think the whole basic premise of what we're doing with or dealing with as a society right now is that we can get through this and then it's going to get managed like if you would manage some of the other um, other diseases we have that we created a, a vaccine for. Uh, my contention is that hypothesis may be wrong in itself. I believe that this, and again, <laughs> I don't know, I, I don't have any any um, true schooling on this, but I've been around the, the field enough where I've been doing pandemic plans in the, since the 90s when I was working with, uh, with the utilities. So I know... How old are you, Ken? You've been working since the 90s. No, <laughs> Look at these crazy, brother. You know it's been a while. <laughs> but I believe that this is probably going to be the first of these type of uh, airborne diseases. So I honestly think our premise is wrong. We shouldn't be thinking of how to get back to 2019. We should be thinking of how to prepare for the next one. So in this case, the, vi the vaccine, everything else that we're doing for engineering controls, this is, a, this is the warm-up. This is the practice session, in my opinion. I believe that there's going to be other things coming in that if we don't get our shit straight here, <laughs> it's going to be it's gonna be rough. And and that's where I'm I'm I'm, I'm even thinking of this conversation. That's why I talk to the students. So I'm like, all right, let's have this conversation. And then, uh, can we even say? Well, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to make this more contentious than not. But oh, my, we're already we're already here. The the people the, the people that want to hear it are here. The people that okay, don't want to hear it, they've already they've already gone. They already went bye bye. So don't worry about that portion. Yeah, first five minutes are gone. The people they're 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 in. Right. And actually, I was going to ask more questions, but but what you're going with here and what we're talking about, I I honestly believe that safety needs to talk about this stuff without the the angst behind it. We used to be able as an industry, and this is everyone, but I'm only talking about this industry. We used to be able to have different opinions like everyone else, but still objectively look at hazard controls, exposure control, and we are not doing that anymore. So that is what's frustrating to me is I am seeing quality safety professionals on both sides of the fence that are telling me, you know, don't get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Don't mm -hmm. wear a mask, wear a mask. Right. So that's telling me we are not identifying this hazard enough on a common level. There's no common level for this and then attacking it as an industry as opposed to attacking it by individual philosophies. Does that well, make here, sense? 
Yeah, that makes sense. But here's the thing. I think that for some reason, because of us being in lockdown for a period of time, because we all work to some extent, unless we were considered doing essential work, where all of a sudden the discussion of being able to disagree on something kind of went out the window. Like if you have an opinion and it doesn't align with mine, you can no longer be friends. You can no longer communicate. I mean, I will tell you, I know of more people that remove themselves from Facebook and other and people that they knew because they didn't align with either political views, views about the pandemic, views about safety. And it's amazing to me. And it's amazing to me that we're almost two years into this thing and still people are having that, that same problem. And I'm not saying that we've become weak-minded, but it's weird that if you don't align with my view, we can't talk. When yeah. did we stop being able to have discussions? Because listen, there's stuff that you do that I don't agree with. And that's my opinion. And I'm sure that on the other side of the house, it's the exact same thing. Oh yeah, bum. And, 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 and that's perfectly fine with me. But the problem that we run into is that people go crazy about this stuff. Like, oh no, if we're going to talk or agree or be associated, we have to agree with every single thing. I mean, the next thing that I know, I'm going to have to be sharing my sex life to make sure that everything I do there is perfectly aligned with what somebody else is doing. Yeah. And what do you mean, I, yeah, I, I don't agree with that. You should say <laughs> no to that. <laughs> Hold on. Inquiring minds want to know. Isn't that a... <laughs> I know. I, I honestly believe in that. And, and truly, even to this day, I have people who I consider friends that are not talking to me because of political things. And, uh, and both ways, everyone listening to this, you probably have gone through that. And I know during the time period when political stuff in the U.S. was going, I'm not too sure about everyone's country listening, but in the U.S., as you could see, the last year, year and a half with, uh, with the election was really, really big for us. So in that mindset, I always thought, well, if I unfriend somebody, it is an unfriending from this platform, not from my life, <laughs> meaning <laughs> this platform I just don't want to be on this platform and see the things posting, but I've got you on LinkedIn, I've got you on Instagram, I've got you other places. Those platforms are good. That was my thinking. But man, people went off. <laughs> I mean, well, Jay, they went well, off. well, I mean, the interesting part is that I have grown up in a, a whole bunch of different places because of my parents being in the military. So I have friends that are either extreme left or extreme right. Not a lot of people that kind of go down the middle. Um, and they post to what they believe. And that's perfectly fine. I'm not going to unfriend you. doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with your, your perspective. And I'm probably not going to comment on what you have to say. I mean, I might poke the bear every once in a while, but I'm not going to go out there and be like, oh no, you are totally wrong. Hey, listen, Facebook, I look at it as it's not a, a platform for you to actually go post what, you know, your deepest dark secrets, even though some people like to do that. Yeah. Um, but I, I look at it from the standpoint of, hey, it's a community where people want to share information. And if that's what you're interested in sharing, go right ahead. Doesn't mean because we're friends or not friends that I agree or disagree with what you have saying. I'm not saying that everybody needs to go down the middle, but the level of craziness that you see on some of these social media platforms because you don't agree with what I had to say. I had a friend recently um, that he posted something. One of my former bosses disagreed with him. So automatically, this guy removed the former boss. He goes, I'm going to take care of this problem now. And it's like, it doesn't need to be that extreme because yeah. you don't agree with something. This person didn't agree with what you had to say. It's just ridiculous, but whatever. Well, the, that's you know what our conversation has evolved to. I was just really trying to get like a, <laughs> I was trying to get like a nice little feeling of uh, what are touch points for the industry right now, and that was like one of the first things the students brought up was they didn't know how to comply with any standards, local or federal or state. Uh, so the, um, the idea also should be for us in the safety profession, we need to have the open discord and conversation from those who are vaccinated and believe in vaccines and those who are not and don't believe in it. We need to come together now because I honestly believe, like I just said, this is the first of many only because of, you know, just something, some signs that I'm, 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 I'm putting together in my own brain and I'm um, going to have to vet before I, I say <laughs> <laughs> but truly, I think um, having everyone together and, and just, yes, vent if you need to, but with an open mind that we as a community in safety, we're going to have to 
not only get our act together and dare I say, get our shit together, uh, but we're going to have to get this coordinated information out to you know all the the alphabet soup of of uh, different outlets that are spreading the word, so that we could say, all right, as professionals to protect safety and health, we're going to use the information we're getting from IH. We're going to use the information getting from epidemiologists. We're going to grab that and we're going to put our uh, our costs and COSMs and CSPs and CIHs and all that together, right? All the alphabet soup we have. Why can't we facilitate that? Or why can't somebody, you know, say, let's do this thing. Let's talk about this. Let's get it because out, air it there, out. There's a level of fear of if you say, let's do this, and it's actually not the correct path in the long run, you don't want to be the organization that was associated with the failure. I mean, I will tell you, um, as of... Earlier this week, there was a pretty big convention that was taking place here locally. Mm-hmm. They did not mandate for you to be vaccinated, and they did, but they did mandate that you had to be tested. So if you were not vaccinated, number one, you had to have some kind of a passport showing that you were vaccinated if you wanted to attend. If not, the testing had to show up, and you had to take a COVID test every 24 hours showing that you were negative. Hmm. And that's how they went about doing it. And now, is that the wrong thing? I don't know. But who the hell wants to live at the doctor's office every 24 hours in regards of doing it? So there's there's a number of things that are going on out there. And I think it's amazing because you started off the question with you were having a conversation with the students. And what I look at at this is how it goes is imagine you're working for an organization that falls under federal regulation on certain aspects, but the owners do not believe on what the federal regulation is saying that needs to be done. The owners are the ones that hire you as a safety professional. What do you do then? How do you fight that? Because then it's paycheck versus regulation, which I mean, I think some of us at some point have actually stood there, but how do you do it as a new safety person? How does that actually work in that aspect? Yeah. And truly, I believe that the seasoned people, like you, you made the good uh, distinction there, we, we would stand behind our our recommendations if it would. But this will also go in the same, the same vein as you're about to do a permit required confined space entry and you don't have a working uh, gas detector and they're like, oh, we don't want to have to go all the way back two hours to, to pick up another one and or somewhere else. So therefore, we're just going to go ahead. We, it's only a little bit of time it takes and we're going to go in and out real quick. And you would hold your ground as a safety professional saying, oh, hell no, <laughs> we are not going in this phase of, until we get the proper controls. So that means, first, you believe that there is a hazard. And secondly, you believe it's your job to control the exposure. So now, if you put that into COVID-19 and those that are saying, you know, we don't need a mask, we don't need vaccine, okay, uh, what's your controls? Uh, so if, you, if they don't have controls, that means they don't believe the hazard. And that's, that's the key. That's the crux. The people, if you're not going to suggest controls, you don't believe the hazard, why is that here in safety? Why can you not believe this hazard? And that's, that's the part that is frustrating. Well, I mean, that was a general question. I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> no, there's, no, there's none of us. That's where we are. No one has to respond to that. <laughs> no, because that's, that's the thing. I mean, right now we're kind of stuck between a, hard, a rock and a hard place and not trying to throw, you know, stupid nuances out there and just saying just stupid quotes. But think about it. There's a lot of things that are going on that are still the no-knowns and the known-unknowns, just to quote somebody else saying that. But that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of where we're at. So it makes it very interesting on how do you move forward as an industry. Because I can't think of someone that I go, okay, that company's doing it right. Where I could look at this company and say that they're doing it wrong. Because it varies so much depending on where you're at. On what yeah. is going on, because I can say what can occur inside of the state of Florida can be entirely different than what's going on in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Probably not, but I know what you mean. <laughs> Ge- geographically, yeah. Um, I, I think that that hopefully, and let's say it this way, instead of I think hopefully, at least this conversation can get people thinking. And I really would like to put a call out there. If anyone on either side of the issue, vaccinated, unvaccinated, mask, no mask, and you could have an actual conversation without blowing up, I'll represent the other side and that'll be good. (laughs) I don't mind. 
because I am vaccinated and I wear my mask. Uh, so I don't. Are you going to give out your home address? Is this what we're doing next? <laughs> yeah. Anybody need the social? <laughs> All right. Here's my pin. <laughs> I mean, so, I didn't know if anybody wants you know to have the discussion. Here's my home address. You can come and meet me somewhere in the middle of Florida. <laughs> that's right. Um, get some uh, some coffee and let's do this. Uh, but truly, what I'm trying to the, the idea is, if the invitation isn't open and uh, for this kind of you know talk. And if both parties aren't going to say, all right, we will agree to some sort of decorum, it will never, ever pass anything. And a meaning like, like you're not going to progress <laughs> in the topic in any way. And so that's, that's my, my call out as a just, you know. So I think, that why, I think why we're here and because mm-hmm. you like to do um, the live sessions, why don't you make an event? Why don't you make an event where it's kind of open forum, where it's an open discussion? But I mean, I, I would imagine you would need to schedule it out. No pressure on the, on you whatsoever. I, yeah, you yeah, yeah. not just discuss this ahead of time. But why don't you do an open <laughs> forum where you have a conversation with people about this? Excellent. I am <laughs> on it. And I'm going to, to do a little shout out to uh, the safety consultant community that we have in Facebook. If you guys uh, who are listening want to be involved, it is safe well facebook.com backslash groups or forward slash right <laughs> i always say backslashes i mean i, I think slash, you right? should know the, how to get to your own group i mean that might be important yeah. well forward slash groups and it's g-r-o-u-p-s and that's forward slash safety consultant no s so that's how you're going to get to us answer the three questions especially the one that says abide by the group <laughs> And rules and nobody answers that one. <laughs> it just drives me nuts. How can you not want to abide by group rules? But anyway, that's Why would how I you can get that? to us. I'm gonna post that question out there to see if anybody is willing. And the reason why I'm gonna do it in that group because I moderate that group with Jay and uh, Travis Costello with Costello's uh, safety over in Houston. But in that group over there, then maybe we could at least open the, the discussion in a in a nice private forum because it is so, a private. So group. do this, do this. Let let's extend an arm here. Why don't you actually call out Blake Anthony Grenier? Um, he's part of the the Extreme Safety Professionals a group uh, that's also on Facebook. You can already put some pretty some pretty nice posts out there and see if he's be willing to actually do anything. Um, and I'll even take it a, a step further. <laughs> um, oh man, look at those horns just all of a sudden appear. <laughs> and ask the safety knights. Ah, uh, okay. See? There you Excellent. go. Uh, and thanks for the plugs. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Man, that was great. I'll, I'm going to do that. That's a good follow-up. And I, I, I do know a, a handful of other people that, that might be interested in, in representing, you know, just... just it, Yes, it's an opposing side, but just another view. So I just want to really understand, can we come to a consensus of what would right. be a hazard? Well, well, right. Let's always come to that. And that's the thing. It's not where it's like, oh, you're wrong, I'm right. I just want to see what people are saying. What is the conversation that's going on? Because I'll tell you, when the COVID thing first started, I remember I was living on the radio. And I mean, we were doing live, 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 live the whole time. And I, I got to the point that I had to start asking people, it's like, is anybody else talking about anything besides COVID? Because I was living <laughs> and breathing COVID in regards, I shouldn't probably say living and breathing COVID because people might think that's the wrong yeah, way. Airborne, but, but I was talking about that the whole time that I wasn't even sure if anybody else was having different conversations because that was it was just 24-7 watching the news, reporting back finding our news streams. So it was it was a very interesting thing. So I would like to hear what other people have to say. I would love to know what people are, are out there going about and saying, okay, this is the group. And I'm not saying, hey, it has to be a group-specific thing. So all of the people inside of this group believe this and this other group. I just want to know general consensus. But it's gotten to the point where it's that fear and shame game where if I say, hey, I don't agree with mask using that as an example, all of a sudden, nobody wants anything to do with me because I said that out loud in a public forum. And it's yeah. like, why can't we just be honest on what our opinions are about things? 
and that's the only way for any of this discussion because even like a, like right now the International Organization for Standardization ISO they've got 45,003 and that is pretty much for uh, helping people who've had a lot of issues related to COVID-19 and it's helping it's hurting them as far as their mental health so there's some definitions and stuff out there that we could start gleaning but I don't it just should still boil down to hazard control and exposure control. Yeah, but you need to be careful when you start mentioning about 45,003 and all that kind of stuff because people automatically think that they're either gurus in the space or experts and they want to come out of the woodwork on something that's still relatively new um, yeah, and, 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 and saying how they already know all about this. And it's just like, Eh, it's still too new to, to be anybody to really be considered a, an expert in this. And don't sit back there and say, oh, well, I wrote the thing. I mean, let's just be realistic. One person did not write the thing. So No, it's a committee. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the heading is the whole thing. So everyone who's, who's not familiar, uh, there's a 2021 version of the ISO 45003, and the heading of it says, Occupational Health and Safety Management, Psychological Health and Safety at Work, Guidelines for Managing Psychological Risk. So that is the, the title of that in itself. So they're acknowledging that there is some psychological effects from, uh, from something. So if we could say that something is you know the the effects of the disease COVID nineteen now COVID nineteen then could or SARS <laughs> uh, that now it could be identified as what we could say is the hazard that we're all looking at so if we could say that is the hazard and all agree now that should be the basis of the conversation hey and I just want to throw that out there for the people that are listening he did type that up and he is reading off a screen I don't want you to think that he had that committed to memory uh, no. <laughs> I'm just a fast typer <laughs> we heard the keyboard I just wanted to make sure that you that people knew exactly what they heard. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's fast factor. <laughs> hey, Al, just to, to cleanse the palate real quick on, on this conversation, uh, just so, you know, we could, we could really start thinking what life beyond would be. In your mindset, what would be like a perfect um, event that if you were to host an event in 2022 and you're thinking protocols, but yet enjoyment, what, what would that look like? If I'm thinking protocols and enjoyment, I, 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 I would need to understand that a little bit better. What do you, what you mean? You know me with my, my, uh, my <laughs> hidden context. <laughs> so when I mean enjoyment, I just mean, especially with people who are either physically going to be there or if it's a hybrid event, they still, if they're at home, could feel like they're having fun playing whatever games or something that you may have at the event. Or if it's all virtual, you know, then how are you going to engage the workers there, but or the attendees? So the I mean, idea is, what what does that look like in 2022? Actually, here's the fun part: it's multi-platformed. It's it's a hybrid event, but here's the way that I think that a good hybrid event would actually work currently is multiple sessions across multiple states at the same time. And let me explain what I mean. You have an event going on in Arizona. I have an event going on in Florida and we're simulcasting where people can see different groups and people from home can decide to do it as well. That's the only way that they're going to get the taste and the feel of it actually being in person. You have that option of doing in-person networking and then you have the option of doing the virtual networking, which is a lot of platforms allowing you to do that as well. I think that that would be something different that you haven't really seen as of late. I mean, I think it's really silly um, that organizations are going out there right now and trying to make the virtual event feel like you're doing it in person, like you're a sim. I mean, yeah. that's, I, th I think that's more torture when it's all said and done. It's like, I don't want to see a VR of myself walking into some stupid-ass building. Um, yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just my opinion. I think that if you do it in that scenario where people, because that gives the, the people um, the option if they feel comfortable. And unfortunately, for that to be successful, it would have to be one of these larger organizations to pull it off. It's not going to be, it's not going to be the mom and pop for it to actually work. I mean, the virtual side, that's... Uh, because I'm involved in the space, I think that's the easier side. That's the easier uh, side, yeah. But when it comes to doing the inversion, because you're limiting the amount of people that you actually have and the space that you're renting and all that kind of stuff, 
that becomes a different story. I mean, as we speak today, the two big major organizations that put on their conferences, I think this year, one of them priced it right, but they hardly had anybody show up. And the one that I have recently seen as of late, they really had nobody show up um, in regards of the amount of people that they were expecting in regards of actually what was happening. So it's, it's, I still think that we're still kind of early um, to full-blown in person to what it was, say, 2018, 2019. Yeah, uh, well, I'm with you there because truly, especially with if you're going to, if you're thinking of SARS COVID too, <laughs> as being the hazard, and we're thinking of the controls that are given to us through the guidance mechanisms at CDC and World Health Organizations, uh, then that seems not about right, where you're going to have a smaller venue or at least a, a venue that will have a limited amount of people, but then also having the availability for those that still feel like, eh, I'm not ready for, for being out in the public and mm-hmm. being you know, in a group like that. Uh, that seems like, like the way to do it. I mean, I think that it almost should be a combo ticket. So saying, for instance, if you have that, so let's say, for instance, you're going state specific and you have a state that's doing an event in person and then has the virtual option, which the virtual option would be anywhere, that that one ticket should be one price for it to be available. So if I want to drive down the road and go in person, then if I change my mind, I still have the option of going virtual opposed to saying this is virtual only and I have no other option. And they shouldn't be super ass expensive. I mean, I'm sorry, most of these organizations put these things out. Oh, you want to be a speaker and you're not the keynote? We'll let you in for free. I mean, you're not really having a loss there. It's the venue. And the vendors pay for this stuff most of the times anyways. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. I nice. sound bitter. I sound bitter when I say stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that is, uh, it's just true. There you go. So tell us how to reach you. Like no, 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 no. I'm not going to tell them how to reach me yet. I have a question for you because I know that as far as I'm aware, you haven't let the secret out. So might as well do it on the one that I'm getting to hang out with. Uh, When are are you going to tell people about your um, new exclusive exclusive site? My new exclusive site? Yes, for this thing that we're doing right now. Oh. (laughs) When are you releasing it? When is it going to be official? I put the pressure on you now. <laughs> I am going to to think about that because that looks like a it's going to be an early 2022 thing. Oh look, he's not going to he's not going to say what it is. That's kind of hilarious. Oh, I love it. He's he's actually turned color too, which is even better. So he didn't expect me to ask that one. I did not. I guess that, I guess to be continued because he's not going to tell you right now. <laughs> There's just so much going on. I just I know, know, but now people are inquiring. Minds want to know what are we talking about? You can't just leave your people hanging. Well, I am going to be switching services pretty soon. Oh, they don't know what you're talking about. What and, service? Uh, what are we talking about? Here? <laughs> I'm going to be switching services from where I am hosting my podcast from Vcast, and uh, that is a great service. I do enjoy using it. However, I I would like to experience the growth of a company called Dystopia, and that's a new one, and it is. It looks like it's going to be big, and I would like to get into that. And uh, you would have to go to play.dystopia, D-I-S-C-T-O-P-I-A.com, and look for the Safety Consultant Podcast. I am moving it there, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of thinking in the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm just trying to work it out, and I'm doing it before the year. Let's go ahead and, and commit to that one. So to answer your original question, um Anything that goes on inside of these radio stations here in the podcast network, safetyfm.com. But like I always tell people, there's more than just me. I mean, we have we have the glorious Sheldon Primus on the station and on the podcast network. So if you get a chance, come by, take a listen to what he has going on and some of the other safety professionals that are on there and some people that are not even safety professionals. Excellent, see what they have going excellent. on. Excellent. Here we go. I'm going to even use my board for you right here. <laughs> The man, the myth, the myth, the legend. Ah, Jay, the man. <laughs> Thank you so much, brother. You don't know about all of that. I don't know about all that. <laughs> Welcome back. I told you that it was going to be, just going to be some stuff going on there, wasn't it? So some of you may be mad at me right now. 
We'll get over it. We'll get by it. We'll be all right. And some of you are like, yeah, man, right on. But that's the whole point. <laughs> the whole point is let's on both sides, talk it over, come to our senses. It's for, for the better good of all, right? The better good of all. And we are also going to start listening to me on dystopia.com. D-I-S-C-T-O-P-I-A.com. So it's official. Starting in November, I am going to be switching over to Dystopia exclusively. However, uh, if you are listening to me on whatever device you have will still be able to listen to me on that device that you have. So that will be kind of like pumped out that way. But there's just so many people that listen to me online where you're logging in and you listen to me either through a link that I sent on LinkedIn or somewhere else. You'll actually get lost if I didn't tell you that. Everyone else that's subscribed and listened to me on your app, you got me. So what I'm going to tell you people that have been using the web, go ahead and subscribe go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you can go ahead and leave me a review hopefully hopefully it's good I know this episode probably triggered you right and Jay did challenge me and I'm going to seek out some people and see what I could do about facilitating this conversation something I want to do anyway so I'm going to work my way to do that so that's uh, that's what's going through the mind. So everyone, make sure that you follow along with me, disktopia.com. So right now, unless you're driving, go ahead and open a tab, disktopia.com. Get on there, team. And then, go ahead, you can hear me exclusively through them. So, just want to thank everybody for listening to the episode today with me and Dr. J. Not that Dr. J, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so, thank you again. I know this was a special Wednesday episode, but that's all right. I'll be back on with you on Monday. Go get them. This episode has been powered by Safety FM. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast or broadcast are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within the past hour are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast or broadcast may be reproduced, stored within a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast or broadcast, Sheldon Brightness.